0: Love Talk Radio. gimme, gimme mine,
1: cause so, I'm heavy when I weigh it, watch the way I say so, it. What's up, what's up, y'all? Good evening. Good evening. Hope you're enjoying your week. Hope you're enjoying the Olympics. I am. As a matter of fact, I'm watching Michael Phelps wrap up the 200-meter breaststroke. Uh, sorry for spoiler alert, but at any rate, um, I'm Scott Burks. I am the creator of the Clown Time Sports Blog, and this is the Clown Hour Podcast. And speaking of my website, you can find me on the web at www.theclountomas.net. That's Clownsville for K, by the way. You'll be able to find me on Facebook with all my Fuller, especially given what's going on in the Olympics. Um, you'll love my uh, Darth uh, Vader slash Darth um, Phelps uh, memes. But at any rate, um, yep, and Michael Phelps just wrapped it up, by the way. <laughs> you can find me on Facebook and just do a search for The Clown Times. But again, a class brother k you'll be able to find me there as well. Uh, this is going to be cool, even though we got the Olympics going on. Um, this is the beginning of the NFL Superfan Series, being that the, the NFL preseason is pretty much here. And so, as I do every year, I always start off with the preview of the Cincinnati Bengals, maybe because I have uh, in laws who, who are from Cincinnati, or maybe because I'm just a softie. Who knows? But anyway, uh, my man who's going to be breaking it down with me this year, broke it down for me last year, um, he is a big-time Bingo's fan, born and raised in Cincinnatian, slash avid Steeler hater, slash newfound uh, uh, a celebrity from WLW. Uh, <laughs> uh, my man, Andre Edwards, is going to be doing this for me. What's up, Trey? How you doing, H?
0: I'm good, Scott. How about yourself, brother?
1: <laughs> I'm doing all right. Yeah, I'm sorry to spoil it for everyone in America because, like, everything is typically blade in Rio uh, for the Rio Olympics. And I knew that Michael Phelps won the Georgia Meter breaststroke. And, um, you know, a lot of people are cussing me out right now. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm spoiler. to spoil it a little.
0: I just want to know, if you if you spoil, if you you spoiling it, at what place did LaClo did, uh, come in? Second. Good.
1: He came in second place. He came in second like, I mean they literally raced right next to each other and yeah Michael Phelps he, he had a last laugh big time and um won't be staring him down anymore. So Absolutely not <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, actually he came in third, excuse me, I think he came in third. Um, okay, but, so yeah. Phelps can just
0: look Phelps can just look over and be like, I am your father
1: <laughs> Exactly. For real. For real for real for real. Those <laughs> memes have me cracking up but speaking of cracking up even though, like it's, it, it, last year ended on a sour note for you, and I don't have to re, to recount why. And by the way, are you still mad over that? <laughs> you know what, man? It, it took a long time.
0: I'm not gonna lie to you. I, I can't. I can't pretend like it didn't hurt because I was actually at the game, and so um, right. my, my brother, uh, my boy Dave, uh, my boy Chris, we all rolled together. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. there was I would say there was some subtle optimism, you know, hey, it's not Andy Dalton, it's A. J. McCarron. He got a couple games under his belt. You know, he does have the uh winning pedigree from down in Alabama. Maybe this translates into something. And, you know, as the game went on, it was kinda like, man, Pittsburgh's not really doing a whole heck of a lot offensively. We're not doing a whole heck of a lot offensively. This could come down right. to a last minute, last second kind of deal. So you know, clearly when when AJ Green scored that touchdown, there was there was optimism and there was excitement, but it was still right. kind of that like, okay, how much time is left on the clock? Ooh, that's still a lot of time. You know, ooh ooh, okay, let's see, let's see. And then you know your your backup quarterback comes out, throws an interception to Avantez Perfect. and at that point, in my mind, it was over.
1: I thought it was over. Like it I thought was, it was over. It was I it was
0: over, too. over right. So. There were there was a group of Pittsburgh fans sitting in front of us all night long with jaw jacking, very very pleasant, very uh, considerate. So nothing nothing crazy, nothing over the line, but very much so well spirited uh, trash talk. And at that sure. point in time, they literally turned around to me, shook hand, hey, congratulations, man! It's been a long time coming. Congrats to you and your team, like. I'm losing my mind at this point, like losing it. <laughs> completely, losing my yeah. mind. And then, of course, as uh, as Chuck Woolery would say back in the day, we'll be back in two weeks. We went to co- we went to commercial break, and two minutes and two seconds later, Jeremy Hill fumbles the football, and I'm like, "Wow, well, yeah. I can't believe that just happened." And, but Dude. but again. The Steelers still had their backup quarterback in, so I'm like, ah, it's all right, it's still good. And all of a sudden, I look down on the field, and I'm like, is that, is that number, I think that, I think that's the number
1: seven. That's the number seven. Yep. <laughs> oh my god, that's a number seven.
0: Ah, uh, and it was just all bad news after that.
1: It was just all bad news, dude. Dude, you know what? Let me tell let me, let me you some like uh, quick. I was at my sister-in-law's house, Robin, um, you know, Randy's little sister, you know, watching mm-hmm. the game with her and her husband. And um, <laughs> up until that point, she was just sitting on the, on the front couch shaking her head because, to your point, no team could get the offense going. It was just a defensive right. struggle. And when A.J. Green scored that touchdown, she got a little hype. And then, actually, she got very hyped. And then when... When when Vontaze got the interception, I thought it was over. So, I right. sat there. I just shook my head and smiled. I looked at right. Robin. Robin was jumping up and down. I was yep. about to give her a hug to say congratulations. Yep. It's about damn time. Right. <laughs> you guys want to play yep. game. And, uh, and it's also about that time that you slayed the of Dragon. So, um, yeah. But as soon as Jeremy Hill, God bless him, he fumbled that ball. Robin literally got up and just started pacing. <laughs> she just got quiet, got up, and just looked at the television. Then right. Big Ben got back in the game, circulated yep. down the field, and she knew what was going to happen. It was almost as if she was like, oh, hell no, here we go again. So, yep. so basically,
0: <laughs> she,
1: she just got and went to the next, almost, almost mm. went to the next room, but she was stuff at the kitchen. And then when those two bonehead penalties happened, yep. well, actually the first one. After the first one happened, that put us kind of in field goal range. She literally just got up, didn't say a word, and walked to the next room. Yep. <laughs> she walked to the den, and then but when at, like you. after the second bonehead penalty, she stayed in there and got very quiet.
0: And I, I knew then
1: not to mess with her. Oh, I left. left. Oh, you
0: left the state. I left. Oh, wow. So, so literally, the first penalty happened. So, wow. Vontaze comes out. He hits Antonio Brown. I'm like, I can't believe this. You got to be kidding me. You got to be kidding me. Like, I can't watch. I can't watch this. I physically right. cannot watch this happen. I know what's about to happen. I can't watch this. Yeah. And as time takes <laughs> like I'm, I've, I've already left my seat. I'm standing. In like the breezeway, I'm still there, standing in the breezeway. Right. I see the second yep. flag come out, and it's on Adam Zone. I just left. I left. I walked yeah. out of the stadium. Yeah. I was like, I can't. Wow. I can't physically. So I, I've never seen the field goal go through the uprights. I have never seen it happen. Oh wow! wow. I, I, I couldn't do it. God I'm like, you, man. It, it. It for that moment in time, it was like the hottest girl in high school ever coming up to me and being like, hey, let's go to prom together. And you know what? I'm driving. I'm buying your tux. I'm buying dinner. Everything is on me. Let's go do this. And she told everybody in the school, everybody. So everybody knew, because that's how obvious it was that this was about to happen. And (laughs) on prom day, I'm in my tux. I'm ready to go. I'm hungry because she says she's paying for dinner. You know what? Man, I ain't here all day. I'm looking good. Got the fresh fade hot top with the lightning bolt cutting the (laughs) side of my hair. (laughs) And she never shows up. And not only does she never show up, she puts a camera on the front porch to just watch the disappointment in my face. That's what it felt like.
1: Oh, my. That's what it felt like. Wow. Wow. Dude, I I I talked to a lot of cats who went to the game, um, mutual friends of mine and Randy's, and um, yeah,
0: <laughs> it
1: just wasn't too good. It was Because a lot, of, quite a few of them went to the game. Actually, I'll back up. But before that, I'll I'll rewind for a minute. I was at like um, my son's birthday party was early that day. So
0: yes, sir. Most
1: of the people who went to oh yeah, of course you were there. So. So, so you know that there are a lot of cats at our part, at, at, at my son's birthday party. Being with Bjorn, hype, yep. ready, anxious, ready to slay the Pittsburgh Dragon and right. pick up that first put up win in over ten years. Actually, yep. more than ten years. So, y'all ready? Y'all ready? Maybe waiting for that to drop, but you guys are ready nonetheless. And that disappointment. I, I mean, no. since, well, since you were at the stadium, you missed Boomer Siasen's reaction at CBS Studios. Mm-hmm. He was so mm-hmm. mad. He was, he's, always a, he's always a bingo. So he, he was mm-hmm. so mad. He was like, dude, they blew it. I mean, he really got upset. <laughs> he didn't congratulate Pittsburgh at all, maybe a little bit. He was mm-hmm. so upset and incensed mm-hmm. that they blew it. Y'all really blew it. I hate this. I'm I, I, sorry to keep no. saying that because you know you guys feel the pain. You guys blew it. So yeah, I mean they.
0: You, you talk. You know the talk show hosts always come on and talk about did did the such and such win it or did so and so lose it? And I mean there right. no, those zero question the Bengals
1: lost and blew
0: that game. Like the Steelers didn't win it. And I and I. And I I don't mean that in, in a derogatory fashion. I mean it from sure, the you know, who who won it versus who lost it, you know. It clearly the Bengals served that bad boy up on a silver platter, you know, cut up like you cut up food for your for your son. Like I mean it was
1: ridiculous. <laughs> uh, uh, dude. It's it's you know, just to quote my wife's cousin, younger cousin It's hard being a Bengals fan. I mean, you know, it's it's like you guys. Yeah. You know, you guys went from all those those dry years and now no playoff appearances to multiple playoff appearances under Marvin Lewis, and just that hump is just always something. I mean, I'll give you guys this: you guys are a very loyal fan base. You've been through hell and back, and you know, you know the thing is is that you guys got a good foundation. I'm not saying that because I'm talking to you. I'm just just being real. You guys have a great foundation, and it all starts from the top with Michael. Well, I'm sorry, not Michael, but with Marvin Lewis and Mike Brock getting the hell out of the way, and, right. um, and, and and drafting and drafting well, and everything else, at home, and having homegrown players who fit the system well. So, speaking of homegrown players, so you know, another year in the draft, another yep. year of nailing the draft. So, tell me how much your assessment of the Bengals draft was and where you think maybe they could have picked up a player or two to help shore up a need that maybe didn't get addressed from your point of view. So, what, is your, what was your assessment hmm. uh, 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 of the draft this past spring?
0: So, I think the Bengals basically held true to what they always do. So, everybody's yeah. screaming – Mohammed Sanu and Marvin Jones left. Clearly, the Bengals have to take a wide receiver in the first round. You have to. There's no right. other choice. The Bengals have to take a wide receiver in the first round. But mm-hmm. when you had Docton go off the board, and um, you know you had the the guy, the wide receiver from Notre Dame, and the wide receiver that went to Cleveland, and you know you had the top, basically three or four wide receivers came off the board two of which came off the board right before the Bengals pick, do you then take, you know, a guy who you as a team have a second round or third round grade on, or do you go Mm -hmm. and look at a person that you have a first round grade on and take that person? And part of the reason why the Bengals have quote unquote nailed the draft since about 2008, 2009, why they continuously get high grades and why those people continuously pan out and they continuously sign these folks to the extensions is because they don't go with, okay, I have to have this. It is an absolute need, and that's where I'm drafting. That's why the Bengals were terrible throughout the 90s is because we need a wide receiver. We're taking a wide receiver. I don't care that he's the 17th ranked wide receiver. We need a wide receiver, and that's what we're talking <laughs>
1: Right, right, right,
0: And, yes, we took him in the first round, you know. Dude, I remember the Bengals drafted a, a third-round tight end. Dude was Sean Brewer. He was a chain-smoking mm. tight end, and they drafted the dude because they needed a tight end. <laughs> like, it's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and so, but, but what they've gone to now is, okay, oh, we rank our board. We look at what, what, what we value and who we value. Sure. And we will take the best player, even if that means, you know, last year they took two tackles in a row. I don't care. That that second tackle we took was a first-round pick, and we debated between him and the other dude we took. So, to me, heck, I just got the same dude twice but a, a round later. So, so, going back to this year, you know, of Bengals have to take wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, and they mess around and take a cornerback. Which I think, which I think the Pittsburgh Steelers were looking at, um, and uh, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and, and William Jackson third, and it's it's a great value pick, and they've done that year after year after year, and then probably two best picks in my opinion of this particular draft was Tyler Boyd in the second round, the wide receiver out of Pitt, and yes, love, Andrew love Andrew love at Pitt. You, Man. And Andrew Billings, the defensive tackle out of Baylor in the fourth round, dude, that kid is a monster. He's a monster. And I see, honestly, I see the Bengals' first five picks, maybe even six, playing and contributing to this team Fairly significantly. Now, first-round pick, Taurus Peck, and may you know. There's there's some debate whether he'll be out the whole year. He may be back later on in the year, but it was at a position right. that the Bengals are in anyway. So I'm not saying it's a wash, but if you're going to lose, you would you would much rather lose from a position of strength than a position of weakness. But right. you know, you, you you get Tyler Boyd who from everything that I've seen about training camp and O T is as smooth as silk, catches everything that's thrown his way, contested balls, whatever. And that's the, that's the type of wide receiver that Andy Dalton needs. You know, give me somebody that I place the ball in this area and he goes and gets it. That's what I, that's what he needs. And that's, that's what we got. Supposedly, at least in this dude, you know, Nick Vigil linebacker, um, Don't know a whole heck of a lot about him. Everybody was kind of like, oh you took him in the third round. This dude was a a fifth-round or sixth-round prospect type of dude. But you know what? This cat fits my system. And if he fits Mm -hmm. my system and he serves the purpose that we want to serve, why do I have to wait until the fifth round when, you know, somebody else sees the same thing and grabs him earlier in the fifth round, now I'm screwed. So Mm -hmm. if you value what he brings to the table – I really don't care well where Mel Kuyper thinks I should be taking him.
1: <laughs> oh, screw it, Mel Kiper. You oh, know, I, know I mean, no, and <laughs> well, I do. I I appreciate
0: I appreciate the knowledge that Mel has, and I appreciate the yeah. knowledge that Todd McShay has, and the insight that they offer. But in the grand scheme of things, I'm running this football team, and yeah, I know my scheme, and. I know how Nick Vigil fits in my scheme better than anybody else does because it's mine. Mm-hmm. Right. And right. just because you decided he's a 245th pick and I decided he's a 145th pick, I, I don't care. Sorry, no offense. I don't care. <laughs> so, right. Right. Uh, you know, to get a dude like that. And then, again, to me, probably the biggest deal of the draft is is on paper – is is Andrew Billings in the fourth round. That dude, good God. I mean, winning yeah, state championships and weightlifting, he's a
1: monster.
0: He's a horse. He's a him. You put him next to Geno Atkins, <laughs>
1: good luck. To your point, you guys are never sure on talent. And that's a credit, again, credit to Marvin Lewis, his, his people in the front office, his assistant coaches, his scouts. Um, that's, that's a credit to him. And you know, again, I don't give this man pr- credit always, but probably Mike, owner Mike Brown for staying the hell out of the way and knowing his place, staying in his lane. Um, so, yeah, I really love Tyler Boyd out of pit. I'm an ACC yep. guy. i watched a lot of Pitt games last season, or the last few seasons. And Tyler Boyd was the one one uh, 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 concept that always showed up for the Panthers. And he was yep. showing for you guys in stage I, I said, that's a Sunday player right there. Even two years yep. ago, so yeah, so he he's going to be nice for you guys. Probably be returning punts too, so um, so, uh, so that's going to be great. Um, so given all that was going on with the Bengals, I mean, you got all these positive vibes, making the playoffs year after year after year, owning the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, you guys haven't lost the Ravens for what three years?
0: Okay. Uh, and,
1: so yeah, but well, there you go. I I actually agree with that. Um, you know, of course, everyone beats Cleveland. But, right. you know, you guys are too daggum, too damn talented to not advance in the playoffs. I'm sorry. You guys right. won a division last year, obviously. you've been, Again, you've been in the playoffs for the past, what, seven, what six, seven years? Six, six um, seven, seven, so, the last five straight. Yeah. Yep. yeah, so, I mean, the thing is, is that you guys, I mean, when are y'all gonna take the next step? I mean I mean this has to be I hate to say it, but this has to be a Marvin Lewis event. So I know Mike Brown is loyal. I know Mike Brown doesn't like change. I I mean I you know, I know that he gives cats a chance, but this this can't I mean Marvin Lewis can't get away with no having no playoff wins, man. So I'm just saying this this season has to be in my mind a make or break season for Marvin Lewis. He's been there long enough. He's, to, he's changed the culture in Cincinnati. He's got players. He's got talent. He has winners, as far as the regular season is, is concerned. But to me, should this be his last? Well, actually, I'm asking you: Do should you should this be Marvin Lewis's last stand? I know I asked you this last year. Probably asked you the like year before that in passing. But <laughs> I think that this is truly his Mark, Marvin. <laughs> I think this is truly his Marvin Lewis's last stand. So. Um. Yeah. So. Look, so. Look. I'm gonna tell you, I'm, Look,
0: man. I'm gonna tell you. I told you two years ago. I'm gonna tell you. Like I told you last year, and again this year, Marvin Lewis will be the coach of the Cincinnati Bengals as long as Marvin Lewis wants to be the coach at the Cincinnati Bengals. Surely, mm. or, or or as long as Mike Brown is alive, and running the team, Mike Brown mm. is is exceedingly loyal, I mean, almost to a fault. And
1: he is very loyal.
0: Part of part of the beauty of working for the Bengals is that loyalty and the fact that if you're good at what you do, you can have a job for a real long time. You look at a guy, and I don't mean to get off topic at all, but you look at a guy like Doug no, Dobin, okay. who is – who is basically the de facto GM, doesn't have the GM title. He's a director of player development or player scouting or something, something along those lines. But um, that dude said and, – and, and he's highly sought after because clearly the Bengals yeah. have put together a roster. They can find talent. Uh, they draft well. They re-sign their players. But one of the things – uh, that he said this offseason was, "Hey, I'm not I'm not looking for another position. I'm not I'm not interviewing for anywhere else because I know this is where I want to be. And you have to know and understand that if you're good at what you do and you work for Mike Brown, you will have a job. And there is nothing that says Marvin Lewis is bad." at his job because he's not. Right. Marvin Lewis is real, right. Marvin Lewis is real good at his job. Marvin Lewis can't win in the playoffs or hasn't won in the playoffs, but that's one game to Mike Brown. Now to fans, right, to to, to national observers, to sports writers, well that's the biggest game ever. You can't win it. Why are you still my coach? Mike Brown looks at it as well hell you won 12 games for me. You lost one that might have been the most important, but what about these other 12 that you won? I'm going to weigh those just as equally and say, you're doing a pretty good job. Mm. And so while, mm. the, while the ultimate goal in other places may be to win a playoff game, may be to win the Super Bowl, in Cincinnati, based upon who is the owner of the team and who's running the team, it's, well, let's look at the whole picture. Let's look at, you know, everything that goes into being the coach. Well, he does a really good job with the scouting department. He does a really good job. You know, it's it's like, it's like like in your own job if, you know, the bulk of your job is you know, paperwork and presenting and managing people and, you know, doing all these things. And then all of a sudden you get to this big culminating piece of, I got to go get this client and this client is a million dollar client and you bomb the presentation and you don't get that client. Does your boss fire you after you don't get that client or does your boss go back and look at? Well, he did do this. Well, he did this. Well, he did this. Well, he did this. Well, he did this well. yes, he bombed the final. He fi- he bombed the final presentation. Good lord! But <laughs> let, me see, let me see what I can do with him. You know, and I think I think that's where that's where Mike Brown is. You know, he's he's always been that re- redemption kind of guy. He's always been that second chance kind of guy, third chance, fifth chance, eighth chance. Like he, he's always been that way. And that's part of, part of who he is. And so you get that close, you go 12-4, and four, you get to a point that you are literally a minute and 30-some-odd seconds away from winning this game and possibly going on to greater things. What's it, do I want to start all over, learn a whole new person, learn a whole new coaching that's staff, true. learn all this stuff? Or do I just want, man, Let me, maybe if I just encourage him a little more, we'll win next year.
1: That's fair. That's right. And, and, you know, to your point, I think he has – hes given a one-year contract extension at the end of last season. So I think he has, what, two years left? I think yeah. he has two years left in this contract. Yeah, two years left. So I think what's going to happen is, to your point, I think Mike Brown is going to sit back and just let him run his course if he doesn't pick up another playoff win. I, I think um, mm-hmm. to 20, 2017 instead of 2016. Will yep. be the year of Marvin Lewis to that point. So I don't know if you had a chance to look at the schedule for the upcoming season, but looking at, I'm sure you already looked uh, looked at it only a thousand times already. But um, all right. given given all that, given your recent track record of success, you won at least ten games for the last few seasons, and again you own the Ravens. You you pretty much split with Pittsburgh every year, and you everyone owns Cleveland. So uh, <laughs> but we go against. The AFC East this season, yep. right? So we all get to play yep. the likes of the uh, the, the, the cheat Patriots, the the, 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 uh, the Buffalo Bills, yep. the Jets, and the Dolphins. So, right. and I think we we also play the NFC Leafs. So we so we play the cow yep. gals. We play yep. the Redskins. We play the uh, uh, Giants. And you guys finish first. So you guys get what Denver next year, as well as Houston. So, yep. Um, yep. So, based upon all of that, how do you see 2016 shaping up for your beloved Bengals?
0: If you're asking me to go on record as to you know what my prediction is for for a record for the Bengals, Please. I would probably. Mm-hmm. I would probably say, legitimately speaking, probably 10-6 and somewhere in that that five or six seed spot with a shot, a legitimate shot. And I don't mean like Hail Mary, you know, Aaron Rodgers type of deal. I'm talking a legit shot to win the the division. You know, because, you know, you you got injuries. You got things that happen – I thought overall Pittsburgh was probably the better team last year, but you lose Ben for a significant amount of time and that changes things. You lose Le'Veon Bell yep. for a significant amount of time and that changes things. So, you know
1: barring head, yeah, barring catastrophic
0: injuries. Well, well I just mean bar, barring catastrophic injury on either team. And we just we just say everybody stays healthy from day one throughout. I think Pittsburgh overall is the better team especially offensively. Their second, your secondary I still think is real
1: suspect. But Yes it is. Um yeah. But you and I could go for 20 yards against Alsa Yeah. Player. Right. 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 Exactly. <laughs> right. That's
0: legit. And so um but but offensively they could literally put up forty points a game. I mean like they're insane. So Yeah. So, you know, I think the Bengals are right there with Pittsburgh. I I I really do. And I think it'll be a difference of one, maybe two games at the most. I mean, I could totally see Pittsburgh going, you know, eleven and five, Cincinnati going ten and six. On the opposite of that, I can see Cincinnati going eleven and five, Pittsburgh going ten and six. So, um, you know, I look at the Bengals are either, you know, somewhere in that top – one, two, three seed or the five, six seed re- relatively easily as as the wild card, um, and that and, and and that's basically the way the way I see the the way I see it shaking out.
1: Yeah, you know what? I I tend to agree with you. I see ten, six, eleven, five in your future mainly uh, because the AFC North is one of the toughest divisions, if not the toughest division in division in the league. I see it like a, it's a three-headed monster every year, for the most yep. part. And yep. I think Baltimore, I think Baltimore is not going to be nearly as bad as it was this past year. I think no. injuries killed them, and I think Bro, that they'll you, be back lose...
0: in the mix. As, as much as I hate Joe Flacco, and I and I think I said this last year on your He's show, like, I, I can't stand I, him. I really. I really don't like Joe Flacco at all, like I really think he has a, i think he has a giant arm, but I don't find Joe Flacco to be intelligent i just don't and so you know if you if you if you gave andy dalton Joe Flacco's arm, good Lord have mercy like seriously, good Lord, have mercy, or by contrast, if you gave joe flacco andy Dalton's brain to be able to you know read defenses and do whatever. I just I I think I I just don't have a lot of respect for Joe Flacco I just don't and I don't have a lot of respect for I don't have a lot of respect for the Ravens outside of Steve Smith who I think a, who I think is a monster yes,
1: the, he is. Who
0: who who intimidates you on their offense nobody right. nobody right, right. Even with a healthy Joe Flacco nobody you know, you got yeah, you got I, Pittsburgh who comes to town. You got you're like, holy crap! We got Antonio Brown, we got Marcus Wheaton, we got uh, you know Le'Veon Bell. Heck, when yeah, he goes you know, down, with with, he goes to the Williams. Right. You, you know, you got you got all these you got all these pieces. You guys picked up Ladarius uh, Green. Like you got all yeah. these pieces, and I'm like,
1: whoo, woo,
0: woo! You got to prepare. Get oh oh crap, oh crap, oh crap. Man, when I look at Baltimore, I'm like, eh. Hey.
1: <laughs> which is why you've owned in the last few seasons. Uh, right. You've literally right. owned Baltimore the last few seasons, which is, this is a weird division. I mean, again, everyone, like, you know, you guys own Baltimore. Yep. Baltimore owns the Steelers as of late. They've won three or four. Um, right. We own Pittsburgh owns Cincinnati. As of like, as of late. And yep. everybody owns Cleveland. So, uh, right. So it's all, right, right. It all trickles down. This is a weird ass division, but that's what makes us love this game so much. So, yeah, to, yeah, to your point, I, I think I see 10 and 6, 11 5 in your future. It wouldn't surprise me if you guys do better. And given sure. that how, how, how uh, unpredictable the NFL is with terms of injuries and everything, it wouldn't surprise me right. if you guys do slightly worse. So, it, right. it, it all depends on how everything shapes out the park. So, I've got one more question about the park that you go. Yes. Are you going to have another appearance on WLW? Are you going to have another appearance on 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 700? And it's so wins. You know
0: what? So so let me let me thank you and I mean this all jokes aside. Um Sure. I I, I thank you for the opportunity to to come on this show <clears throat> on on an, on an annual basis. It's a lot of fun. We get to pick with each other. We get to You know, have a good time and and do it respectfully to, to, you know, with one another. I I will say I took um, the last couple of years of shows with you and I sent them to Rocky Boyman and to 700 um, and said, hey, this is kind of what I do. This is kind of what I'm passionate about. I'm just a fan. I don't watch it. I don't watch film. I don't break down film. I'm not a former player. I, I don't do any of that, but I'm i I'm a fan who tries to know and understand what he's talking about. Um, I don't just shoot from the hip. I try to read a lot of stuff. I try and research. I try to be prepared about what I'm talking about. And, um, I take it, I take it seriously. And when half the time when you talk to fans, they just speak from the heart and it's, it's not eloquent and it's not you know, well thought out and it's just kind of all over the place and it doesn't make any sense. And you're like, dude, that is the worst argument I've ever heard. I might agree with your point, but that argument behind it is terrible. So, um, in, in, in using this as a, as a platform, um, I was fortunate enough to ask to, to, to be a, an in-studio guest, um, basically doing the same thing that I do with you, just two guys talking about Bengals football and, you know, from a fan's perspective. Um, so I, I wanted to express a sincere thank you um, for, for having me be that uh, representative on, on uh, the clown hour. I mean, I, I greatly appreciate that. Um, with that being said, there are plans for me to come back. And be on the show at some point, um it's not quite a regular gig or anything like that, but um you might you might catch me back on the show at some point during the season. um there is one one date for sure that I know that I will be on um and it is right before the Philadelphia Eagles game as uh right. myself my yeah myself and the three guys that I used to uh sing with will be doing the national anthem for the Cincinnati Bengals versus Philadelphia Eagles game. So, nice. Um,
1: nice. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Right. So, Rocky's going to have myself up. and the group on before before that game so I can say that that's definite that's definitely going to happen but so the plan is uh, for hopefully for him to to have me back uh, at some point through the
1: season. Cool. Well, good luck to you, brother, and thanks a lot for taking the time out to join me. I really appreciate
0: it. Yeah, absolutely, anytime.
1: Appreciate yeah. it. So uh, that's my man, um, Andre, for joining us. Great interview, great interview, great insights. And uh, we're going to be wrapping up at the party here. And uh, we're going to keep the party going for the rest of the week with this NFL Super Fan Series. So we'll keep it going this Thursday. I think we're going to be talking in the New Orleans Saints. I'm not too sure yet. But um, whatever I do, it'll be great. And hopefully you all enjoy it. But anyway, have a good night. Scott Burks with the Clown Hour. Enjoy the Olympics. Enjoy watching the aftermath of. Michael Frost beating up on Le- uh, Lacrosse. By the way, he did finish fourth. So I don't think he'll be staring down at Michael Frost again. But anyway, have a good night. Take care. 06. It's out.